0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin. Proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Rorate Koalae. Rain down, you heavens, from above. It was the intro for today, and it's been the name of the fourth Sunday of Advent for about a thousand years. Rain down, you heavens, from above. But you know, at this time of year, we could probably stand to have a few less things raining down upon us, right? When it rains, it pours, you know. We're all probably right now trading in our COVID stress for our holiday stress. And I was listening to a, another pastor's uh, sermon on his podcast uh, earlier this week, and he compared us all to, to pressure cookers. Uh, and, and at some point, we need, to, we need to release the pressure, or else we're going to explode. And I'll be honest, uh, I'm indebted to him a lot of the thoughts uh, for my sermon today. I've gotten a lot of emails lately, though, from various ministry groups. Uh, I get sponsored posts on social media on a daily basis almost with you know, with clickbaity titles of, of make the most of your Christmas Eve services. Um, here's five things your church must do for Christmas. What more could your church be doing during COVID? I delete them. I ignore them. And then I feel guilty. So I go back and I, I end up skimming them. And they all say that, that we've got to make a difference for the kingdom of God. And so I think, man, I better read this. Don't want Holy Cross in Madison to make a bigger difference for the kingdom of God than we are, or, or Resurrection in Verona, or, or whatever church. You know, how to, how to have a cooler program, how to have a better Sunday school, more, more engaged parents, more active committees, how to do live stream cooler, a better way to give out blankets to the needy. You know, what, what will people think if we do? Man, we'll look so good. And what will people think if we don't do these things? Yeah, yeah. Me, 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 I, 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 I. You know, how do you make a difference for the kingdom of God anyway? Yeah, especially now. For some of us, today is, is maybe the only day of getting out of our house this week. Some of you listening from home haven't even been able to do that. This is what makes the message, that John the Baptist preaches so doubly comforting. See, John the Baptist challenges this, challenges this idea of ours that we've got to make a difference. John the Evangelist, who, who's writing the gospel, tells us that John the Baptist was preaching a, a message of repentance and forgiveness in the wilderness. And he says, John the Baptist wasn't the light but he came to testify, to preach about the light. And so many people have come from all over uh, to to hear him. They've gone out to the wilderness to hear him. This is a big deal going on out in the middle of nowhere. And so the Pharisees send a a delegation of priests and Levites to, to go check it out, to do an investigation. And they get there, and they ask him three very pointed questions. And if John had answered yes to any one of these, That certainly would have raised his status, allowed him to do more things, make a bigger difference for the kingdom of God. Are you the Christ? They ask him. Can you imagine how easy it would have been for John to actually say yes? I mean, they already think he is the Christ, even before he speaks. But John says, I am not. Elsewhere, John even says, Christ must increase, I must decrease. Then they ask, Are you Elijah? This is very important because Elijah was supposed to be the prophet that would come right before the Messiah. But strangely, John, the messenger right before the Messiah, says, I am not. Finally, they ask, Are you the prophet? Now, if you were at Vespers or saw Vespers online on Wednesday, This is the one whom God promised would be a substitute for the people after he gave them the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai, the prophet greater than Moses. But John simply says, no, I'm not greater than Moses. This is interesting because just last week we heard Jesus talking about John after John's two disciples came to Jesus from John in prison. Uh, In the the very next verse, if we would have kept reading, Jesus speaks to the people about John, and he says, Amen, I tell you, among those born of women, there has not appeared anyone greater than John the Baptist. And then he says, John is the Elijah who was to come. Jesus himself admits that John actually is the greatest man who has ever lived, even more so than Moses. And he was the type of Elijah who was to come who was prophesied to prepare the way for the Messiah. But John the Baptist purposefully says no. You know, what John the Baptist says here about himself is is a far cry from the celebrity influencer, the the TikTok star, the Instagram whiz we we all want to be. We all want to make a difference. We want some recognition. You know, some Instagram and Facebook likes really going to make a difference there. We want our voices to be heard. We want to make a lasting difference. And, and boy, am I guilty of this one. But what pressure this actually creates. And isn't this the heart of where this pressure comes from? Of course, we can blame other things. We can, we can blame COVID or, or the holidays or our jobs for, for all the stress But really, we we take on ourselves things that we were never intended to carry because we think we're something special, something more than we are. And of course, it is a good thing to want to make a difference and to help people. But understand this, your piety can dupe you into thinking that you are the light. Your piety can, can dupe you into thinking that your church is the light. But John the Evangelist makes this absolutely clear in his gospel, that John the Baptist knew his role. The Evangelist writes, John came as an eyewitness to testify about the light. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. John was not the light, but there is the light. This is good news. And this is what we're here for. Believe me, I I wish our church could do more things. I, I wish I could do more things. I've been thinking a lot about that since March. But I want to make it perfectly clear that we are not the light. Our church is not the light, nor should we try to be. Because Jesus, in his life, death, and resurrection, has already made all the difference necessary for the kingdom of God. He is the word who made everything, who has done everything. He is the real light that shines on everyone. And he himself has come into the world. And to all who receive him, who believe in his name, he gives the right to become the children of God. And this isn't something that you do. It's something that you are baptized into. When John finally gives an answer to those who who came... uh, to uh, to ask who he actually was, he, he says this, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. John is the voice, but the Lord is the word who is in the beginning. John is the voice that lasts for a time, but from the beginning is Christ, the word who lasts forever. As Isaiah said, the the voice fades away. We fade away. Our voices fade away like grass. But the word of our God endures forever. Our calling, like John the Baptist, is not to be the light. Rather, we are called to testify about the light. Or in other words, like John the Baptist, we know our role. And with word, water, bread, and wine, we point people to Jesus, who has done everything. Therefore, this is releasing for us. This is that pressure release valve. This means that you and I don't have to do anything. That weight that that comes with the question, what more can you do? That weight gets taken off of your shoulders. Because Jesus has taken it and put it on his. This is why St. Paul can say, do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and by petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. This is not some coercion to to get you to do some obligation to to go to God in prayer, to go to God, because it's all up to you and, and pray and go to God. No. Jesus has come down to you. That's what today, this this last Sunday before Christmas is all about. Rain down you heavens from above and let the skies pour down the righteous one. Jesus comes to dwell with us as the light. Jesus is the one who has come to lift us up. The Lord is near to all who call upon him. God is my help and my deliverer. And God, from from whom all things were made, knows and loves you. See, when we become nothing, like John, Jesus actually becomes everything. And then we always have something to rejoice about, even when life is really hard, because we have everything. And so we can actually be humble in our thoughts and let our gentleness be known to everyone and do what we can to, to try to make a difference in the lives of others or in our church. When the Jewish priests and Levites asked ask John, well, if you're not, not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet, why do you preach? Why do you baptize? And John, the greatest among men, said, Because there's one coming after me, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to untie. We too are unworthy to untie Jesus' sandal. And yet, it is this Jesus who comes to save you. It is this Jesus who has come to serve you. In fact, Jesus himself stoops down to tie up what's broken in our lives. He stoops down. He humbles himself in his powerful word in the refreshing waters of baptism and in the forgiving and nourishing bread and wine. Heaven rains down its good gifts through these means. That's why we preach why we baptize, why we administer the Lord's Supper. Because it's not up to us. Jesus is the Word that accomplishes everything we are unable to do. And so we pray that whatever is hindered by our sins may be speedily accomplished through Jesus' mercy. Happy Advent. In Jesus' name. Amen.